welcome to the Momgasm podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Welcome back to the Momgasm podcast. This week, we are so excited to sit down with the authors of Wild Power, Alexandra Pope and Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer. It was an amazing conversation filled with so much wisdom and insights about our menstrual cycle, how to use our menstrual cycle when we're in periods of no flow, the postpartum void, and essentially the Wonder Woman complex and what that looks like for women who work a nine to five and how do they connect to their cycle when they don't have the time to rest. Get ready for some epic wisdom heading your way. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Enjoy. <laughs> Just uh, keeps life interesting. There we go. There, there we go. I'm Lindsay, by the way. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Nice, nice to meet you both. It's nice to meet you, too. I'm so excited. What time of day is it with you? 10.30 a.m. Yeah. Oh, it's not too bad. That's okay. It's not too bad. Yeah. It was a little, it was a little hectic getting here. I'm at Lindsay's house right now, and right. we just had, like, a bit of an ice storm last just night. Just a little. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I had, like, a good, like inch maybe of ice covering my entire car so that was that was great yeah <laughs> hello hi hello hello so, so it's cold where you are that's where i'm gathering cold. <laughs> it's cold definitely not warm we'll put it that way yeah well, remind me where you are you you obviously both live in the same town or yes yeah we're from we're we're in nova scotia here in canada Ah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's very cold. I was just telling Alexandra that last night we had a good old ice storm. So getting here today was a yeah. little bit hectic. School. I had yeah, school was canceled, school for, was my, canceled. for my eldest. So I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, literally everything is covered in ice right now. Like it's like an wow. inch thick of ice everywhere. So yeah. which is pretty fun. pretty classic for Nova Scotia. I find like we yeah. have a tendency of it. It rarely snows. It rarely like get ice but we mm. get slushes so it yeah. slushes and then it freezes yeah. a lot of the times yeah so it's just yeah oh uh, it sounds fun <laughs> i find that kind of weather really scary but me know? too <laughs> way too scary yeah. just yeah it's very yeah Oof. it's it's not ideal the worst the worst year was when i was pregnant with my first mm, that was yeah. the year that we had like i think it was every wednesday we had a storm oh yeah and it was like icy everywhere all of the time yes it was and so was i was brutal. like like six or seven months pregnant just like shambling oh. around <laughs> trying not to die yeah yeah and you feel so vulnerable anyway when you're pregnant you feel so sort of protective it's funny actually it was very icy when i was pregnant and i actually slipped <gasps> and I had a bad fall on the ice when I was pregnant, so I relate to that story. Oh mm. no! Yeah, that has that has happened to me. That's uh, now you're reminding me of my traumas. Thank you. Oh, no. you're well, you're well, that was buried somewhere deep in my. <laughs> oh, okay, now nice. um, that explains why my daughter's all pissed <laughs> off with me. <laughs> it was that moment right there. Could, could, Get it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> 
So, uh, Shadi, I know that we just introduced ourselves to Alexandra, but uh, we didn't get a chance to do it with you. I'm Sarah. Okay, hello. And I'm Lindsay. Lindsay. Just quickly, how, do you, how did you two meet? <laughs> Is it not Meeting. a quick story? <laughs> Relatively quick. We can make it quick. Cole's Cole Notes version is uh, eight eight years ago. Yeah. We both worked at uh, Starbucks Coffee. Yeah. And oh. babe, babe walked in with her pin curls and her bright red lipstick. And I was like, oh, I don't know who she is, but I need to. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just been a love affair ever since. Uh, well, not really, though. It was like a distant love affair. It was more distant. like a, an active social media stalking for a few yes. years there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then in the last... Uh, active social now, media stalking. <laughs> I'm, ama- I'm amazed it survived that stage of the journey. Yeah. <laughs> go through that stage of the journey. If it, if it survived social media stalking, <laughs> that is this. No, it's a, it's for real. Yeah, that's how you know it's a real friendship when it right, survives that. Right. Well, it was a mutual stalking. Yeah, so different. Yeah. We were yeah. actively. Oh right, yeah, mutual stalking. It's different when it's just a one one-handed deal. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was welcomed stalking. Yes, we'll yeah, put it that way. Um, yeah, and then and then a year year and a half ago, year ago, year yeah, ago, year ago, yeah, year ago, year ago, we were like, <laughs> we're both moms and we're both losing our minds, <laughs> and uh, let's get together and do some stuff yeah. finally, and take it <laughs> take it back into the real world instead yes. of offline or yeah. online, uh, and then. Uh, the rest is kind of history. Mom yeah. was born yeah. and we've been inseparable ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every week we're together recording and doing wild things and now we're doing this and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> very good. So, very, very good. Very cool. oh, and um, what is your, like, who, who are the people we're speaking to? Give us a, just give us a feel for who's out there. <laughs> um, we've got like some pretty amazing women majority of our audience is definitely either mothers um mm. or or women who are wanting to journey into motherhood at some point mm-hmm. uh lots of women i would say like in the early days of motherhood like the first mm. five years yeah and looking to kind of reconnect to themselves and find find themselves in the the craziness that is motherhood Mm -hmm. and also their fierce sexy amazing selves yeah Mm -hmm. so a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is indeed motherhood um womanhood and we also get into a lot about pleasure sensuality and we also talk a lot about menstruation and connecting to that basically connecting to the parts of ourselves as women that's been shamed and neglected and we want to bring it to the forefront and kind of say, you know, no more of this, no more casting it in the shadows. We're bringing it fully in the light and we're talking about everything. And that's, that's what we do every week. We talk about the taboo subjects. We talk about the things that bring us shame and it's mm-hmm. also the things that turn us on. The things that turn us on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's so really good to know. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, so we were hoping that you, both of you, would perhaps introduce yourselves. Um, Like, because I've talked about Wild Power a lot on the podcast, and I've mentioned the two of you a lot. (laughs) But it's different coming from the two of you. And I think if you could both share your story of how it, how Wild Power came to be, and how the two of you came to be, uh, me myself, I would just be. so excited to hear it. 
Okay, yeah. So our story about about each of us and our sort of journey with wild power. Yes. Yeah. I guess it sort of starts with me, eh, Shani? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a big question. Um, it rolls all the way back to um, maybe my first bleed, <laughs> but that I was, I had a beautiful first bleed. And in my 20s, I was very much into um, cycle awareness, you know, fertility awareness. Mm. I, I just thought that was a kind of a political act, actually. I thought all women should know about their bodies and how they work yeah and I used to be a little militant about that and um but I was an innocent as we all are in our 20s (laughs) to the kind of deeper forces that of course we now articulate in our work um but it's almost as though I think of it now almost as though those forces were courting me they were with me because when I can look back over journals now and see how it was coming through because I was a great journal writer but I was sort of oblivious and then in my early 30s I had moved just moved to Australia to live from England and I got the menstrual pain from hell Mm-hmm. And this menstrual pain came back every month and the pain was absolutely insane. And it would last for three days, even four. And I, um, I just made this radical decision to believe in my body and follow it. I wasn't going to do drugs and surgery. I just had given up on, you know, I was, I was only doing all, you know, I was only interested in alternative medicine, natural therapies. And I thought, okay all right, um, I'm, I'm all yours, body. Now, it wasn't, you know, it sounds very simple to say it like that. It was quite a negotiation to actually really um, face my pain mm-hmm. and um, really meet it. And, but I had to give space to menstruation to be able to do that. And that meant then really knowing about my cycle. Well, I was always already doing fertility awareness. Um, so I had that kind of basic understanding. But um, really, I I began what we now, a sort of early prototype of menstrual cycle awareness. And then when it came to menstruation itself, I would try to give myself as much space as possible so that I didn't have to take painkillers because the pain was shattering and I couldn't do normal life when I had the pain. And occasionally I had to do painkillers, but, you know, it's it's, it's an involved story. But essentially, I would just try to go cold turkey into the pain and meet it each month and um and it became revelatory over time you know to it's it i think back to it now and i i it was like i was stripped to the bone of my soul you know right mm-hmm. down to the essence of my soul through facing going right into the heart of the pain and um with time and do, using natural therapies particularly diet and so on and it did take time the pain began to ease and And as I entered the pain, it was like the veils falling from my eyes. You know, it's like I could see into something. And um, as the pain eased, I started to then feel more of the sort of power of menstruation, the the kind of altered state of it, the ecstasy of it, Mm -hmm. the, the rootedness into myself. My God, I used to root into myself fiercely. And this all became, sort of revealed. It was like the veils parted. And, um, and it grew from there. I, I was healing my body. 
and I was learning all these things about my cycle and menstruation. And I was um, training to be and then becoming a psychotherapist at mm. that time. And um, so, you know, it started to seep into my work with women. I, and I would listen to women with menstrual problems. And it was listening to their individual stories that I would get these insights. Oh, wow, that's what's happening. They would just make throwaway lines. And I go, oh, my God, that's it. And then I began running workshops um, on menstrual health because I thought no one's going to come to a workshop on menstruation unless they suffer. <laughs> <laughs> and a wonderful Royal Hospital for Women in Sydney. They had this education department and an enlightened woman there. And she let, you know, she sort of brought me in, so to speak. And I began running these workshops and I became well known for them. Had coverage in the press and so on. And so women used to come and um, again, their stories. I, I, you know, I would share my idea thoughts with them and then they would somehow digest it and feed something back to me. And it was just this process of revelation over time. And that is always how we've worked, isn't it, Shani? Wow. This, this deep engagement with our own bodies and then the sharing of it with other women and then hearing other women digest it and then into their own lived experience and feed it back to us and um, feedback just in their words or with their experience. And, and, and this is kind of illumination that happens. And so it's mm -hmm. literally these teachings have risen out of our lived experiences, not out of any textbooks, mm -hmm. no, but all the way out of us and our abiding attention to the process of the cycle itself. Mm. And um, so, you know, I wrote my first book, Wild Genie, and then I did what all good menopause women do is change everything about your life. <laughs> and I came back to live in the UK. And that's, of course, when I connected with Shani. I had been running workshops before then in the UK because I used to come back and visit and Shani had done one of those workshops. And then through a series of synchronicities, there's always been a lot of magic around how Shani and I have <laughs> connected and worked together. Uh, yeah, we began our partnership. This would be what eleven years ago now, eh, Shani? Wow. Something close to mm, that. Yeah, mm, I'll hand over the baton to you, Shani, because your story yeah. is great. Well, well, I I love um, hearing your story, story Alexandra, because actually, as you're describing it now, you're sort of reminding me of because uh, your original question to us was, you know, how did wild power come into being, and it sort of reminds me of how all creative things come into being, which is also true, of course, of, you know, children, is that they are always first conceived in the dark and it's sort of invisible and um, it, it happens below the radar and there is this immense amount of um, growth and change and awakening that's happening and then suddenly it's here, you know, it's a manifest. Yeah book or a baby and um, Alexandra's journey, you know, which started nearly 40 years ago, uh, really yeah. kind of tells the story of how, um, how all uh, just the, the real, the lineage of what we teach and talk about in wild power, but also how 
um, meaningful the disturbances and so-called disruptions and problems in our lives are mm. and and how they're a gateway to something new mm. coming through which is very much how the cycle works you know where disturbances and problems show up in the cycle they're really calling our attention to ourselves and and in that something new tends to come through so I love Alexandra's story and also in her in her story she also sort of reveals a little bit of the power of menstruation which is really at the heart of our work and it was her um, her attention to and her giving herself to menstruation that allowed that power to start to come through and that really has fueled um, uh, menstruality and its evolution and growth and certainly our understandings of it. Um, so my, my story, which um, I, I know there are people out there will relate to it. I was, I did sort of the opposite to Alexandra. She thought it was a kind of good feminist act to, to practice fertility awareness. And I thought it was a good feminist act to take the contraceptive uh, initially yeah. pill, initially pill. And then that didn't work for me. So I went on the contraceptive injection and, you know, I felt like I was really making a powered an empowered choice. And I, I really had no idea. Um, and I was without a menstrual cycle for seven years. So I've really experienced what it's like to have absolutely no sense of this um, intelligence awake and alive in me. And, you know, those seven years I, I refer to as like the seven, you know, the seven fat years, the seven thin years, those were the seven thin years. It was a very kind of lean time, both in terms of my life, but also my inner life. I felt very kind of numb and dead and stuck. And I just couldn't quite kind of find my mojo. And um, I, I had a hunch that it wasn't quite right on the injection, but I didn't really know what to do. And then fortunately, luckily, um, give, I love the title of your podcast, by the way, Momgasm. <laughs> well, I, I had my own like um, gasm interruption, which was that I started experiencing this pain after having orgasm. Mm. And um, it was very interesting because, you know, I, 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 I love pleasure, you know, in all its forms. Honestly, I'm, I'm uh, like really yes. dedicated to pleasure in all areas of my life. I see it as such a source of power, actually, yep. and joy. And um, so yeah, to have my pleasure thwarted really sort of stopped me in my tracks. Like, whoa, whoa, this is, <laughs> I've got to do something about this. And I've figured out the contraception was playing havoc with my system. And when I came off it, of course, the pain went away, but also my cycles returned. And um, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was like receiving the first rain after a period of drought. You know, there was this moisture and nourishment that returned to my system and my feeling life um, returned and my connection to myself came back and the move, the movement in my life started to happen. And it was around that time that everything opened. And of course, my, um, my calling with to serve menstruality just came through loud and clear. And I, I just knew this was the thing I needed to follow, even though I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah, it, wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a thing yet. I was following the scent and Alexandra was very much a part of that. So, um, you know, when, when we came together, it was just really fun and joyful to be working together. And, and, um, Fast forward, uh, Wild Power, the book that you so beautifully celebrate and share with your community here, thank you, um, really was 
it, it happened because we needed to put these ideas down. We had accumulated such a rich body of understanding and um, a, a very detailed articulation of this inner cosmology, this inner landscape that we women experience. And we needed to put it down because when women read this, suddenly they recognize yeah. their own experience. You know, they go, aha, that is, and, and it's putting the words to it and giving the vocabulary and helping women to um, recognize that what they're experiencing is just as it should be on some level. Yes. Uh, it restores so much. It just makes us feel normal again, doesn't it? Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's really medicine in and of itself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I listening to the two of you talk, I am blown away by your stories and it's also blown away by listening to you, but I'm also blown away because I can hear my own story in yours as well. You know, how you just said, Shawnee, of restoring that power, you know, that's really where, where I was, I think it was two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I know it was, it was June of 2018 and I was taking this wonderful, course. Um, it was called SheQuest Summer School and it was offered by a wonderful woman here in our city. And in this course, one of the prompts for that week was talking about, um, I think it was Shakti and the book Wild Power came up. And I, I, I saw, I saw the, the description and, and immediately I thought, what is this book? Like wh- even, even the, 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 the design of it, I looked at it and I thought I need this book in my life. There's something that's calling me to this book. I immediately bought it. I opened it up. I read probably half of it in a couple of days. And from that point on, my life began to change before discovering the book. I had no interest in my menstrual cycle, none. And I, I, I had already given birth to two children. Um, you know, I, I was fully into motherhood. I had lost all, all meaning of what it meant to be Sarah. And I was grappling for that to find my inner self again. I was grappling to find that, that fire of, of what lights me up. And this book did that uh, by connecting to my cycle, by finding what it meant to, for, to me to be a woman, to bleed, to live, to give birth, to, to feel juicy, to feel pleasure. I, I awakened to something I didn't know was there. And from that point on, it was only a few months later. I think it was six months later, we yeah. birthed momgasm. And all along this, this trajectory of momgasm and, and my path, wild power has been there every day on my bedside table. I go back to it. I'm, I'm now teaching it. I'm now giving the knowledge to other women. And there, there is a thirst there. So many women are coming to me and they're saying, what is this? What are these inner seasons? I immediately hand them the book. I, I'm like, you just, just go sit down and read this book. It will change your life. I feel that this is sacred, vital knowledge. And I loved what you said of it being an inner cosmology. That is exactly what it is. It is like the backbone of divine feminine inner cosmology. And it's, I just feel that it's, if, if you're not practicing MCA, I think that with you, you were the yeah. one practicing fertility awareness yeah. method. 
And so when I was like saying to you all the things that I was learning, I'm like, well, that's very similar to a fertility awareness method, yeah. but it differed in some ways. But you had been practicing it for a while, weren't you? Yeah. So I, I mean, similar to you, Alexandra, like I was just really hard into all of the natural things. And I really wanted to have this ownership of my body. And especially for me, where I was born with a congenital heart defect and a lot of my life felt completely out of my control and a lot of um, my existence in my body felt very out of my control. I wanted to have every opportunity to connect deeply to my inner workings so that I could understand my body better and feel like I'm at the helm of um, what is what is happening to me and also so I could stand up and, and have more of that um, primary care role even when dealing with the medical system of like, no, this is my body, I know it intimately and this is what I want to happen. And this is, this is me negotiating for what, what needs to move forward. And so I've been um, loosely, loosely practicing fertility awareness method um, in the sense that I kind of gave Yes, up. a child slipped through, didn't it? <laughs> no, actually, no, no, wrong. Those were both intentional. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. You were too slack then, Lindsay. No, slack in the sense that I, I know my body well enough that I don't have to take my, my temperature every day. Yeah, um, no, you can get to that. It's good. Right? So it's, it's more so I, I got so finely in tune with my body and with um, checking with my cervical mucus and my cervix position every day and just starting to eventually f be able to feel where my body is without actually needing to do all of those things every single day. That You know, Lindsay, listening to you, this is power. Yeah. This is the most amazing power. When you can feel the mechanisms of your body in that way, mm. you are rooted into the most delicious juiciness with yourself. And I always feel that women who practice like, um, fertility awareness have this certain sort of swagger to them, this sort of, she told you me know, that. like, <laughs> you know, I'm ovulating today. <laughs> you yeah. don't that's like it's just so cool because it's hidden from the world but you know you can feel it and it, it builds this exquisite sensitivity it's like ground level education for body literacy i mean that's yeah. the term that's been used um for really being able to read your body in such detail and then if you bring in menstrual what we call menstrual cycle awareness <laughs> into that mix mm. man you are unstoppable with that combination you're in charge of your body and it gives you such a clarity and boundariedness about who you are and who you are not you know um as you know and i'm talking about this in terms of relationship you know yep. um particularly you know um but in all aspects it should be just 101 for women's mm. education, this, because mm. it is so, um, it's so yummy and it's so mm. cool when you know it. And that, uh, that like level of subtlety and knowing of yourself that you develop from fertility awareness, you're developing that same acuity with cycle awareness, but it's really, it's getting to know your own uh, inner landscape also with that same fine attunement so you can really feel the the gear yeah. changes in your system and you can really um 
you can really pace yourself, which is really what our, what cycle awareness gives you at its very kind of basic level, this capacity to uh, orientate to your own needs and changing nature in a way that keeps you so fluid and fluent and, you know, aligned in yourself. Mm. Um, and so these two things go hand in hand. So that's body literacy and cycle awareness brings this emotional literacy, really, mm -hmm. which is yeah. such a powerful combination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been really wonderful. Um, one of the most jarring times for me was actually um, with my first baby after I gave birth, my cycle came back right away. So it happened week five postpartum. I got my a full period back. And for me, originally in that moment, I remember feeling really like ripped off. I was like, what? I thought I was going to have six months to just chill and like not have to have this situation. <laughs> but no, I went right back into it. And what's interesting is with my second, I didn't have that same experience. I had no cycle for six months and I have never felt so lost and so disconnected from my body in probably my entire life. Like it was, mm. I was just anxiously awaiting for the return of this like cyclical flow because I, I just felt like I was kind of floating aimlessly and mm. couldn't find my footing in the way that I was so used to finding my footing because I had been practicing for so long. Mm -hmm. yeah. That ties in um, really beautifully with what you were saying, Sarah, which by the way, really moved me, Your mm. what you shared. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I found that really moving. And uh, one of the things you said was like, I had no sense or, 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 or knowing of who Sarah was anymore, which is um, that experience, I think, is resonant for mothers across the planet that, you know, you are completely stripped bare of your identity. And, um, and it's interesting because the cycle holds us to ourselves and keeps us with that connection, just as yeah. you said, Lindsay. And then when you conceive, you kind of step off that map and you're in this whole other journey, which is uh, um, – you're actually starting to sort of separate from the person that you were. You go through yeah. this sort of, through the pregnancy, you are in this process of shedding. Often women feel grief during pregnancy because they're letting, they're, it's so subtle and unconscious, but you're letting, you know, you're never going back to who you were. You know, you know that sort of innocence of your kind of maidenhood is bygone and there's all that letting go that happens. And then once you have your baby, you are really in this void. You're in yeah. this totally unknown place and you are so um, vulnerable. You know, yeah. the baby's vulnerable, but you are so vulnerable and so raw. You know, you're life gets blown apart sleep mm. your body everything yeah. it's just like Bleh! i remember that feeling of like i've been dismembered i, yeah, I really yeah. felt like i'd been blown into smithereens and not you know really couldn't find any orientation and um and and you're in you're in an initiation you're in a transition and it is a very uh, delicate and vulnerable time and so many women fall into a hole and go into postnatal depression because they feel lost they can't they have no reference for actually this very deep initiatory process that is happening which of course the cycle prepares yeah. you for if you've been yeah. practicing cycle awareness you've been through menstruation you've been through the void of the cycle you know what it means to feel 
you know, to go through this kind of ego death. And you know that there is, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time, you know that there's new life on the other side. So you have this, you know, intrinsic trust in something, which if you haven't been practicing cycle awareness, you just, you just feel like that's it. You know, your life is over. And, and, you know, it just, I remember thinking, this is the worst mistake of my life. I've completely gone and fucked every, my life was really good. What the hell have I done? You know, having children, what the hell have I done? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I now know that lots of women feel that. Yeah. but then the return of your cycle, Lindsay, is so interesting because that is, and for mm. some women it happens really quickly and others it takes a lot longer. And the longer it takes, in fact, the more, the more you have to be with that unknownness, mm-hmm. the more precarious it is. Because when your cycle returns, it's like that's touched down into the new, into the new, um, the new seeds yes. of who you are becoming. It's like touched down into like starting to find your way into like who you are now. Mm. Oh my God. I, I resonate with that so freaking much. I remember after I gave birth to my second son, um, Roland, that whole pregnancy, I was going through like this period of grief. Like, like when I was pregnant with my first son, Henry, I was in ecstasy. I felt so zened out. I felt so in touch with my womanhood. I remember feeling like I was on cloud nine. Like it was bizarre. And then when I was pregnant with my second son, it was the opposite. I was like grieving. I was, I I felt like I was losing something again. Like I, when I gave birth to Henry, even though it was a beautiful birth afterwards, I went through a period of postpartum anxiety and I fought tooth and nail to get me back. Mm. And then when I got pregnant with Roland, I thought, no, I've got to fight again. I've got to do it all over again. And I remember after I gave birth to him, it felt like I was in this limbo state, like almost like purgatory. Like I was just like, Mm. I didn't really know where to go. I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know if I should go up, down, here, there. And I remember when I I, I did the course, because I was trying to find myself, wild power came into my life. That helped me, you know, get back on track. And then the day that my period came back, I remember I was in the bathroom. And it's so weird that you say that, Shawnee, because about how it like when you get your period back it's like grounding you like okay you're here you've arrived because I remember mm. I had that same feeling I got it and I looked down I thought oh okay I'm I'm out of like the new momness I'm I'm here I'm I'm arriving there has come back the blood I survived is- <laughs> yeah I survived it's like okay and then I felt like this urge that I needed to do something like I needed to like like I don't know like initiate my, myself into something and it that I feel like when that first bleed came it really gave me the fire mm. then to be like okay let's do this like I'm going full throttle into every part of myself mm. and then yeah and it's really yeah. funny to me because I have the exact opposite experience of you as in like my first pregnancy was the one that was isolating, depleting, terrifying because I had a huge bleed at 14 weeks and that like set this weird tone of, of having to surrender to whatever was and like having to deal with all of the process of like, well, what if the worst thing would happen? What if this fucks me up? What if like, and so on and so forth. And then I like got myself back 
or felt like I got myself back and had this victorious moment after I had her and my cycle returned and I was like, oh, I survived that yeah, fucking right? shenanigans and we're here. The survival. But yeah. then my second pregnancy, I went in and I was like vibrant, ecstatic, juicy, yeah. pleasure filled, like fucking like I couldn't get enough dick in my life. Like it was just <laughs> like, <laughs> complete opposite. And then it, I went from this like high, high, high ecstatic experience and like this unreal, um, free birth yeah. to this nothingness. Like the, mm, this, it was, so it was like the height of probably my entire existence to just the lowest place. Mm. ever mm -hmm. even though um yeah without and it felt like I didn't have a choice in it which was what was really isolating mm. and strange like it it was but when my period came back like when I finally when I finally surrendered I to the void mm, <laughs> it took a long time so I'm sure it's probably one of the reasons it took so long for my cycle to eventually come back because I had healing to do I had things that I had to process and mm. when I finally did surrender I think it was like maybe a month a month and a half later, my cycle came back, my intuition returned, and it was like, oh, we're through. I'm here. I'm okay. We're going to, this is great. Great. Mm. Thanks for the lessons. Let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all the hallmarks of initiation, you know. Right? You have no choice but to surrender. You feel like it's never going to end. Yep. You get to the other side and you're like, never going to do that again. <laughs> and you bloody turn around and do and it then again. And you do. <laughs> women do. Yeah. Well, I think this is probably a good question then after following this, talking about the void is how can we stay connected to our 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 cycles when we're going through periods of no flow you know like how you were saying mm -hmm. how you know you after especially postpartum there is that period and it feels like we're in this void or when we're beginning menopause and we start to lose it how do we then stay connected to that that innerness you know is it through the moon is it through something else you know how how do we well do um you know the cycle the cycle awareness isn't just something that's happening in the moment. It's actually, and then when it goes, there's nothing there. Cycle awareness is actually building something inside you. Mm. A kind of vessel, a holding vessel. Um, but the thing is, this, you, you know, to get the full benefits of this process, it, it, we should be taught this from the very beginning, initiated yeah. in this in our, you know, Absolutely. teens, so that we are learning about, well, firstly, just the, the physiology of it, you know, and just that sort of basic stuff, but then gradually growing into that psychological layer of the work and learning how to um, ride the cycle emotionally and then over time to understand it as a sort of spiritual dynamic as well. So this basic process of working with your cycle month after month, where you go through this process of build up and breakdown. And we've been talking about this void moment in the cycle. And that void moment happens just at the end of the inner autumn or the the premenstrual phase just mm. before you bleed that's the darkest hour of the cycle in inverted commas mm. the most vulnerable place where you've got the the it's the ego death moment as shani mentioned it's mm. um it's like you know the darkest hour is just before the dawn it's just before the bleed actually happens and 
each month you learn to ride that void moment. You know, you learn to feel suddenly how the ground goes from under you and you think, ah, what's my life about? Everything's useless. You know how you have all those crazy yeah. negative thoughts about <laughs> yourself. And then you bleed and you go, oh, oh, great, I'm back again. Yeah. You know, it was only maybe a day or something like that or two days. And you get to ride that month after month. And what happens is you start to develop this muscle a psychological muscle mm. that that it, it and cycle awareness is also a dignifying process you're actually feeling your self-esteem grows a sense of inner uh, sort of rootedness and authority starts to, to, to develop over time very quietly very sweetly and and then when you come to meet that void moment of the cycle you can meet it and it actually is the most, by the way, the most powerful place in the whole cycle. Let's just mm -hmm. add that now. It's the most profound place for my money. But mm -hmm. you can only meet, get that when you've learned to meet that death moment and not um, collapse. Yeah. Or, or sort of meet it consciously to hold yes. that awareness of, ah, this is where I am. This is what I'm going through. And to kind of, you know, you notice the experience you're having, but there is a part of you that is holding you you know there's something in you that's, that's right you're you, you, holding you beautiful you've got this mm. sort of holding and it's this discipline of awareness but you've also each month experienced this if you've been able to practice cycle awareness each month you've been tanking up on this lovely feeling of love you can experience mm -hmm. at menstruation this lovely an affirmation of who you are and rightness of who you are mm -hmm. so that you've got these combination of forces so so let's say you've been doing this through you know for a number of years and then you come to a point where you want to have children <laughs> and so you you conceive um you know give birth and so on and then you enter this dark territory that you've just mm -hmm. been describing well our hope is and in a way, Shani, you should speak to that more actually than mm. me because I haven't. Um... Yeah, I mean, what what I would say is, um, it's it's less about how can we connect to cycles when we find ourselves in these sort of bigger void phases because just as we have the the smaller cycle we have these larger cycles and in any big life transition like for example motherhood you will go through this sort of separation and this death and this empty space and it's less about how do you connect with cycles when you're in that and more about how do you navigate that unknown territory mm. and that empty space and um you know do you have the psychological skills and the the capacity within yourself to um, feel, to let yourself be undone, mm -hmm. to to let go, mm -hmm. to uh, be stripped naked, to feel that incredible vulnerability and mm -hmm. that um, huge uncertainty without being overwhelmed by it? Mm -hmm. you know, do, do you have that that do you have that trust in something holding you? And so it's it's really more about that, and and you know in menopause you get to experience that in a big way. Yeah, um, so this is all building to something, because mm. you you have your years of cycle awareness, and then if you have children, you have this extraordinary initiation that you've been speaking all been speaking about really profoundly. And you're being weathered, you're being weathered and tempered. Mm. And this is growing in you. An extraordinary power. I want to say compassion, the power of compassion for yourself, the power of um, a sensitivity to life, to 
um, it's the muscle that's required to birth the feminine in the world, actually. Mm. But you're developing a kind of resonance with life, a resonance with your deep self, and therefore a resonance with something bigger than you. It's a profoundly spiritual process. So when you then come to menopause with all that life experience behind you, um, menopause feels like, um, how can I put it? It feels you feel you are readied for menopause. You, you, you get to a point where you go, I don't need the cycle anymore. I have outgrown it. The cycle, in a way, the, the, is it, the, it's like training wheels for growing into yourself. And when you get to menopause, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I know this business of being me. I know who I am. I don't need the training wheels anymore. They can go. I can, I can do this. I can freewheel along now <laughs> without the training wheels. So um, menopause actually is a liberation. However, it is initiatory and you still have to go through a death and rebirth. So yes, you dive into that great unknown space where you panic and go, ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who am I? What's it all about? And um, it feels like a, a huge death and, um, and, a, and a real loss of something, mm. a loss of everything sometimes. And like your life is over and it's meaningless. But if you have practiced cycle awareness, you mm. completely read the signs. You could read the signs. It's, and you know, you can't, there's a core there that knows who you are and what you're about. And you've built up something, you know, you've had 50 odd years of living on the planet. You've got something inside you. Um, even, even if you haven't been practicing cycle awareness, you have still got something inside you. Every woman who's listening to this, remember this. <laughs> mm. You can't underestimate, you know, the, the, um, the power of cyclical intelligence, because when you can say to yourself, oh, this is where I am in the cycle process or in my life process, the moment you can locate yourself, it, it just changes everything, yeah. you know, with regards to say, for example, when we we're writing wildpower, you know, we would have moments where we'd hit a wall, we'd run out of energy, nothing worked anymore. It was all like kind of felt wrong and we were struggling and then we go, ah, oh, you know, that's we've come to that sort of end of a cycle. This is where we are. This is the moment where we need to just walk away. We just need to walk away, take a break, forget it all. And we could locate ourselves in that cyclical process. And suddenly, you know, it's just magic because then you can align with something and be carried by something rather than be like, what's wrong with us? We've got to keep going, got to keep going, yes. you know? So it's t pure magic. So pure that, magic. That, that kind of leads to the next question of... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I could like listen to you, both of you talk all day, but it does lead to the next question of the Wonder Woman complex. How so many of us, before discovering menstrual cycle awareness, I feel like I was just constantly living this Wonder Woman mentality, very much so in my masculine, never relenting. You know, I always wanted to make sure that if someone else was doing something, I could do it better. I could, I could keep up with them, especially if it was a man. I could do it so much better. And that was something I've always struggled to, to be more gentle with myself. And when you, when you were in the book talking about this Wonder Woman complex and when you so beautifully identified how menstruation 
it is the ego. It's the ego death. You, 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 you let go of all of that. That is your time to rest, to, to invite stillness, to let go of that, that need to be achieving, to be doing. And when I read that, that was profound, so profound. And it's shaped how I mother. It's shaped how I'm, I'm a business owner, how I navigate the world. I now say, I will be Wonder Woman in summer. And when I go into autumn, that's me taking a step back. I'm still, I'm still kind of present, but I'm taking a step back. And when I'm bleeding, all bets are off. It has completely changed how I function as a human being. And, it, mm. and especially as, yes, a mother and a business owner in this very, very busy world. And so the, the question is, is, you know, how could you talk a little bit more about this Wonder Woman complex and explaining how, you know, this is so vital to, to all of us to, to recognize that living this day to day, doing, 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 it's, it's not natural to our, to our inner selves. I don't think it's natural to, to really not just women, but men too. I guess, I guess my question within that would be, I mean, it's really great for, those of us that have the luxury to maybe work for yourself or maybe be home with your kids and have a little more flexibility to your schedule. But what about for the individuals who are maybe working a nine to five job and don't always have that luxury to completely pull back or Mm. completely go inward? How can we still apply um, that principle of rest within something that doesn't necessarily allow for it in the way that would be ideal well said yes mm, great there's kind, of, there's kind of two parts there yeah <laughs> so i'll take i'll take the first part which okay. is to Wonder answer Woman. you sarah yes i think um i think it's really good to just name that we're in a kind of cultural grip of this um doing energy uh, we're all in that grip and it's um and, and, and it has everything to do with the fact that cyclical life hasn't been honored and respected um, culturally. And we often say, you know, we often talk about the two halves of the cycle. The first half, the, 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 what we call the via positiva, which is very much, um, very much the doing energy and the second half of the cycle that we call the via negativa which is very much the uh, more receptive um, allowing energy and how um, the first half of the cycle is what's culturally acceptable and it is you know it is the face of women that is celebrated and revered you know women are women are celebrated for being generous for doing things for others for taking care of everyone for you know and for being beautiful or whatever the case might be and so we are really having to kind of recover the second half of the cycle and give it its due and give it its value and give it its place because without it there is no sustainability without it there is no there is no uh wisdom and there is no there is no evolution nothing can ever go beyond what it has been if we don't really cultivate the capacities and energies of the second half of the cycle so it's both a personal quest for each one of us to find um to find these different places in ourselves and and honor them like each of us need to say actually it's okay for me to be both this and this Mm -hmm. um 
And it's also a kind of collective cultural quest where as a, a you know, as a species, we're needing to recover mm. other powers, which are of the via, via negativa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then what that means for us modern women who have real lives and children and things that don't stop when we <laughs> stop. Yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Alexandra. <laughs> yeah. To segue into that, I just want to add that super woman thing is totally inefficient in the long term it's mm. like having yeah. it's like being a one gear wonder yeah, yeah. you know yeah it, it's you get a lot of stuff done but doing numbs and deadens mm. over time it exhausts so you burn out and might i add men are the supermen they're human yeah. too. They yeah. just don't have a menstrual cycle to remind them yeah. that they need to stop and rest. Yeah. Although the irony is, actually, I think men are quite good at taking care of themselves. And actually, men do disappear off. They can switch off very well, thank you very much. They, and just they freaking well can. They can. <laughs> and do, and do, and do and nothing. do yeah. so. Yeah. And frankly, we should take a leaf out of their book and go, yeah, yeah I'm switching off too, thank yeah. you very much. So let us just dispel this myth of you know the person who's do do doing all the time as somehow being the successful brilliant i mean if you want to achieve in the world you do have to work quite hard but you can't just push 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 do 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 mm. it is inefficient you make mistakes and what is even what is most painful of all is you lose the meaning of why you're doing what you are doing and it damages relationships the one the superwoman can't have a relationship she's too busy working <laughs> it, yeah. it, because it deadens and numbs and numbs so i just want to really put that in perspective that it's actually not that efficient and you're not not doing in the other parts of the cycle might i add so shani talked about this second half of the cycle where you start to feel drawn more into yourself and it's more a yielding and allowing kind of energy. But what awakens in the second half of the cycle is huge discernment and clarity Mm. about who you are and what you're about. And when you have that energy behind you, you are unstoppable in terms Mm. of your capacity to act on things and to sort Mm. things out. I found Mm. that to be And to have potency, hey, Alexandra. It it makes what you do so much more effective and so much more impactful and you know so less becomes more because yeah. you're that's it. right less is more you just and and you're just way more efficient actually mm. so coming to this big conundrum of um the fact that we live in a world that's linear do 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 and we are cyclical beings and our timing doesn't always fit with the mainstream timing what are we going to do about it well we're going to have to get very smart All right. So the first thing I say to women is it's an imperfect world and we do the best we can. But the first thing you must do for yourself is you have to validate for yourself your own experience of the cycle. The the world, your workplace may be controlling your hours at work and everything, but they do not control your mind. Mm -hmm. And in your mind, you can be practicing cycle awareness Mm -hmm. and knowing where you are at any moment in the cycle. And because you know where you are in your cycle, you have a kind of secret key to how you're going to manage your day. Yes, you still have to go to work. So let's say you're just coming into your bleed and you still have to turn up at work when really, frankly, you would 
quite like to retreat at this point and just stay under the bed covers and you know not move you know it's just that moment just before bleeding it's like oh no can't go anywhere but you have to go to work mm. okay so uh, you you make decisions about your day now the thing is because you're practicing cycle awareness and you know about this moment in your cycle you are prepared so you've probably prepared a very wholesome lunch for yourself so you don't have to go out and get it um you have been um, managing your diary, so you have been very smart about what you've booked into your diary that day with regard can, to work. Can I recommend dark glasses? I highly recommend dark glasses <laughs> when you're bleeding or in the void. For well, me, that makes just wear your dark glasses. I'm ready. I'm saying it's like a, it's a barrier. It's another yeah. barrier. You have this like just protection or you know whatever. Yeah, you you yeah. find your version of just sort of actually. You reminded me, Shani, years ago, this woman who was the sort of queen bee of the uh, the practice that these, it was obviously a doctor's practice or something like that mm. but that she was the sort of center pin of managing all these different mm. elements to it and she said i just imagine that i'm sitting in a cave mm. so there she is at her desk doing things but she, you you know she's she's got this feeling of the cave energy around her and she's speaking absolutely minimally Yes. Yeah. She's not engaging in lengthy conversations. She's absolutely boundaried, completely mm -hmm. and utterly. Honoring the energy in her, she's still doing her job. So interesting because we forget actually how much choice we have about the way we go about doing what we do. So yeah. we might have to still parent, but you can parent from the sofa oh. with as few words as possible, or you can parent like, you know, cooking, cleaning, helping, get everyone sorted, active. So we've got, we've got so much choice about how we go about doing what we're doing. And that's the thing that you're going to capitalize on. You know, it's the way you do what you do. And, and, but, and the things you can also say no to, you know, you give yourself more permission to just be like, actually, no, I'm not going to go out and meet people today. I'm going to stay home because I can or whatever the case might be. But actually, what that sort of reminds me of, Shani, or leads on to is that the more you practice your version of cycle awareness, the bolder you become. Mm. And um, I'm always reminded this wonderful story. This this woman, she worked uh, in, a, or she worked in a university, managing admissions. I mean, it was a hugely pressured job and a lot of responsibility. And um, she had a dial on her, um, you know, computer, just hanging there of where she was in her cycle. And and client and and colleagues would come up and be able to look at the dial and go. Uh, I won't talk to her today, or that's not the moment, or no way. She would, or she would just say to them, "I just want to let you know, it's day twenty-one, <laughs> and um, and I shoot from the hip. You know, do you want to do you want to discuss this issue? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. She was very sassy. She was fabulous, and she she actually had very severe pain. So this was kind of life death stuff for her because she wow. had to manage her pain, and actually she went to her um, her boss, you know, the person above her, and said, "This is what I want to do." She declared it to him. She declared it. She said, "I would like to work from home when I bleed because I'm in pain." And I will make it up. You will not 
you know, I will take responsibility. I will do all the jobs I have to do. I want you to trust me, but I do not want to take painkillers all the time. This is the best way for me to manage this pain. And this person respected her and said, yes, mm -hmm. do it. I mean, it's so profoundly moving. Absolutely. Um, you know, she's, she's a very bold woman and some women are not bold in that way. They're shyer and quieter. And also they don't want to be public. They don't want to be public about it. Although sometimes you can have one or two friends in the office, you know, who you're allies with, and you sort of have a wink and go, in our autumn, <laughs> or, you know, and then the others immediately know. Or you can walk in and go, it's the inner winter, which is menstruation. Mm. And they go, listen, what do you need today? How can we help you? Because they know you will do the same for them next yeah. time. So there are all these marvelous ways of sort of bringing it in. And actually, I will promise you before long, you'll have your whole workplace organized around cycle awareness for everybody. There'll be, it's happening. You know, HR oh. coming up and saying, will you run a session on cycle awareness? That's for incredible. We have a whole cycle, uh, sort of cycle awareness policy for the workplace mm. at Red School, and more and more companies are interested in this. It's it just it it's going to become the absolute norm. It I know is, of it one is. woman. Um, I think she, I think you guys taught her. She participated in some mentorships for Red School. Her name's mm. Claire Baker. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. With us. And she, with us. Yeah, she goes to workplaces and she teaches about inner seasons and how to work that into your day-to-day -day schedule and how to be more productive. That's cool. I've been following her for about a year and I'm brilliant. You know, as we've been building Momgasm, we've been talking about building our empire and dreaming of this office that we're going to have one day and talking about all the things that we want to do and how we like, I think one idea that I had was uh, we're going to schedule breaks for orgasm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I think one of the things that will absolutely be a backbone of Momgasm is our our oh, menstrual yeah. cycle is yeah. knowing when to work and when not because we kind of do that already also what's been great is like we have pretty much aligned almost yeah i'm bleeding right now and I, mine i might start bleeding today mm -hmm. my, yeah my, i'm day two because i've been i've been on a 31 day cycle for since since having my uh cycle return after my second mm -hmm. but i've been doing vaginal steaming for the last week yeah, and it's uh, day twenty-seven, and it looks like I am starting. Which I was—I mm. feel like I could feel it the last two days. I was like, "Ooh, mm. interesting." Well, that 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 explains the strength of feeling that I'm experiencing in this conversation. <laughs> I'm I'm day nine, so I'm just riding the wave with you. But that oh, ex nice. that explains it. That explains it. <laughs> yeah, there, there. It's it's um it's a beautiful thing to share this with your friends and colleagues, and um and how you can support each other. You know, I have a, a mother friend. You know, we also our cycles also seem to be synced, and hmm. we hang out when we're bleeding, and both lie on her sofa while our kids oh. wreak havoc in the house. Oh. And it's really nice to have somebody to do that with. Yeah, be anyway. We sort of lie there and rub each other's feet while our children, you know, destroy the place, and it's, oh. it's really good. It really helps. <laughs> yeah. That. and get the kids to like bring you chocolate yeah. like teach them yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we totally do one of one of them's a little bit too young for but you know <laughs> try. we try and make slaves out of them early <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing this is awesome <laughs> so i guess um how can we as a society 
begin to shift our perspective of menstruation being an inconvenience. And there's one story that, um, that I always come back to when I'm talking about uh, menstruation being inconvenience. And it was, uh, it was last year and I was outside with my mother-in-law who is menopausal right now. And I had just really started to get into menstrual cycle awareness. And so I was telling her all about it and I telling her which season I was in and she seemed very interested. And I was talking about, I think she, I think I even said to her, I said, you know, there's, there's stages in your life. You know, you, you become, you're a maiden, then you become a matron and then you become a crone. And she looks at me, my mother is also English and my mother-in-law, so she looks at me and she says, did you just call me a crone? And I was like, no, no, that's too much. That's way too early. I was like, no, I was like, I'm just, I'm just telling you what the stages are. And I said, you know, how did your, you know, cause I know you're menopausal right now. And so it's not, you're, you don't feel very positive about when you do bleed. And I said, what was your relationship like to your menstrual cycle your whole life? And one of the things that she said, really the only thing she said was that it felt like an inconvenience. Like her whole life, it just felt like an inconvenience. And I've, that's not the first time I've heard that. It mm. resonates in a lot of women. And that's something I come up against when I am teaching workshops about the inner seasons as well. It's inconvenience. I don't like it. You know, and that's what it's been like for me my whole life. And I resonate with that as well because that's what it was like for me. Yeah. And I feel, like, I feel like there's a whole other layer to that too for anyone that experiences a lot of pain with their cycle. And that's, that's often why people are so quick to turn to medicating their cycle with um, the shot or with um, birth control contraceptives and, and things like that, because it is, I mean, it, it can sometimes feel like an inconvenience, even if you don't have pain. But when you add in that layer of debilitating pain, of course, you're going to feel um, like it's, it's this big inconvenience for you and you just want to do anything to make it stop. And with society um, and the messaging that we're getting, like that's just being fed to us in so many different ways. Yeah. So how, how do we stop that? How do we stop that? How do we shift that perspective? Snap our fingers and then it's done? No? Mm. Sort of, it's sort of connected to that whole superwoman question, isn't it? Because it is an inconvenience to the kind of culture of do, 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 because it interrupts the doing. And it's really asking us to, um, to, to, to rest and to stop. So that's so much of what this kind of interruption is about. I'm not talking about people with pain, but, you know, so there's something about us uh, really understanding the ecology uh, of the cycle, the importance of each stage and phase of the cycle, and that each season of the cycle serves a purpose. It has its place. And, um, and, it, and together, the whole cycle process is what creates, um, is what creates, full stop, yeah. and is what makes for sustainability and meaningful manifestation so i think that that's part of you know that whole distortion is that we've just forgotten the value of these different um capacities and powers and the value of these different seasons so i think as we become more educated and as we start to dignify the seasons of the cycles that a lot of that kind of inconvenience mentality will naturally fall away but the question of pain is a slightly different one and Alexandra you would be the person to speak to that I think 
Yes, this is, I'm really thinking about this whole question, including the pain thing, about this thing of inconvenience. Mm. It's a big one. And, you know, the thought that always comes to me is that um, we're in, I tell you what is inconvenient, folks. I'll really tell you what's inconvenient. The consequences of not valuing cyclical life. There you go. Yeah. And we are confronted by this on all quarters now on this planet. Yes. With what we're doing to in the environment. Mm. I feel, I mean, I, I feel almost angry now as I'm speaking to you. You know, this, mm. you know, this is the consequence. And there's nothing convenient about the shit that's going down on the planet right now, environmentally, but equally economically. When we don't, you know, we try to pump the the uh, the economy all the time, push, push, you know, and we don't understand the value of give and take and you know, <laughs> activity and rest. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and then this then comes to personal health. There's nothing convenient about being unwell. And cyclical awareness is the foundation for wellness. Mm. So cyclical life, sorry, is the foundation for wellness. So this, the, menstru the menstrual cycle is actually trying to keep you happy, whole, whole, happy, whole and well. Mm. And when we ignore it and keep going and push, 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 mm. we build exhaustion, adrenal fatigue into yeah. the system. And so just our overall health is affected and but then um coming to menstrual problems you know so much of the menstrual suffering is the fallout of not being able to value our own nature and 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 value the nature of the cyclical pattern and the moment a woman is able to start to practice menstrual cycle awareness in in all its sort of facets um a level of stress falls away because at the root of all illness is stress. It's multifactorial, of course, but stress is a key, key component. Yeah. The moment a woman starts practicing cycle awareness, stress starts to fall away. And the premenstrual, what we call PMS, actually stops looking quite so PMS-y, i.e. problematic, and more yeah. like powers that haven't been valued or utilized they haven't known how to line up with them because there are some fierce powers premenstrually but coming to menstrual pain which is i can stare anyone in the eye who has menstrual pain because i've been there mm. um menstrual pain absolutely can be eased by through cycle awareness through slowing down just before coming into the bleed yeah and resting at menstruation. And my hunch is that women with severe menstrual pain often have a natural talent for the menstrual powers. Mm. Mm. Those oracular powers and, and that those ecstatic powers. That's what I found. And I see it a lot. Um, now, some menstrual pain is quite complex and, and obviously has to be addressed on all sorts of different levels. But just that foundational level of working with the cycle pattern reduces stress and, and reduces symptoms. And I also just want to add here that the, the, home, the endocrine system is the stress-sensitive system in women. Mm. Hmm. So stress is registered here first. Now, interestingly, things like environmental pollutants knock our nervous uh, endocrine, show up in our yeah. 
disturb our endocrine system first. So when we, it's like an early warning system for our overall health. Mm. So if you've got menstrual problems, as you attend to them, you're actually attending to your overall health. And cycle mm. awareness is your foundational remedy. And then you combine that with lots of you know, natural therapies. A diet is radical in what it can do to ease pain and so on. It's so interesting because I, I don't suffer from severe pain, um, but I have friends who, who do. And that's one of the things that um, whenever I'm talking about this with them in her seasons, the pain is the number one thing that comes up. And they say, well, Sarah, I don't want to connect to it because it's the one thing that brings me so much pain and grief. And it's interesting that you say, Alexandra, that by if we were, if, say, my friend was to connect to her cycle. Perhaps it, she would have the awareness to slow down. And by slowing down, would that indeed help her pain? And it's almost as if the pain is presenting itself to women to say, stop, rest, fall into yourself. You know, I'm thinking about one friend in particular, and she does have amazing insights, amazing inner power. And to also be experiencing this extreme pain, I wonder if for her, in her, her case, if she was to slow down, it would subside. You know, is this, an, is, this a, is this a sign that's coming forth from our bodies to say you need to reconnect? And I, I mean, I would, I, maybe even if it doesn't subside, maybe it has something else to offer her. If she actually... Well, what sometimes happens, actually, interestingly, is women say... I don't, it's really funny this, she said, they say, I still got the pain, but I have just, I, I, I have a wholly different relationship with it yeah. now, because they actually start enjoying menstruation, even in the discomfort. Now, some pain, of course, is utterly shattering, and I've experienced that, so we're talking, you know, there's lots of different degrees yeah, of this, yeah. but I just cannot emphasize enough that the foundational remedy is to make peace with the cycle and to give space to menstruation to stop and rest mm. and just just try it once mm. and see what happens but 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 it's not it's actually just starting to ease back just before you come into the bleed as well it's that coming it's what happens before the pain starts because if you arrive at the door of menstruation like sort of screech to a halt and then bleed it's a hell of a lot of tension you're carrying into menstruation with you but if you can slow down beforehand well it's like if you think about it in terms of pregnancy we have the whole 10 months to prepare for that for that day of labor we're preparing ourselves for the for the pain of oh. what's to come oh also let alone like if for anyone that practices conscious conception like the preparation that's involved exactly consciously conceiving exactly yes. so it's preparing ourselves for the conscious for what's about to come for menstruation if we're going to you know practice slowing down, familiarizing herself with, with pregnancy and what's to come, why can't we bring that same mentality to menstruation? And would it alter? Yes, but I also want to add, not everybody has that mentality with pregnancy either. Mm, true. Right? And then what, is their pain tolerance different to other women? Because you really did a lot of preparation for yours, and you had an ecstatic birth with Fallon, I whereas I... I didn't really do a lot of preparation for either of my boys and I had an epidural for both. And I wonder if 
I was practicing menstrual cycle awareness or fertility awareness method or, or just con just conscious, you know, just being conscious in my body before I gave birth to my sons, would it have been different? Because it was, you were practicing it. I, yeah, I mm. was practicing for years. And also, um, I mean, with with the birth of my second, like my first birth also gave me so much more information and understanding um, and like solidified my choices that I already knew um, I probably could have and would have benefited making in, in my first that I chose to do in my second. But it's like, anytime anybody has ever asked me, oh, well, what did you, what did you do to prepare for birthing at home without anyone, um, any sort of like medical attending. Mm. Um, like, how did you prepare for that? And I was like, honestly, it's probably like the good 10 years of self-love work and like leaning into myself and uncovering and allowing That's beautiful. me That's beautiful. To, mm. to be able to do that and trust myself and my body mm -hmm. completely, even with a heart condition that, mm -hmm. that normally is like, oh no, you need to be like, you're high risk. You need to come to the hospital. We're mm. going to medicate you heavily, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So oh, it's very beautiful what you're it? saying. Yeah. And, and, you know, ref, um, just hearing the sort of questions that you two are asking, what it brings up in me is um, a reminder of, um, actually the enormous, enormous power of menstruation and actually what it's asking of us in order to enter that, um, that state. You know, we call it the inner temple of women because it is this very holy sanctuary in ourselves that um, opens us up to connect with this immense power that is bigger than us and you know that's not a that's not a small thing so yeah. you know to to we are we kind of underestimate or underplay what's happening at menstruation and we don't give it the the um respect that it deserves and so mm -hmm. there is a sort of on some level whether we're conscious or not there is a clash in our psyches of where we're being taken to in ourselves and where we're able and willing to go you know mm -hmm. so it's like how prepared is our consciousness how prepared is our psyche how prepared are we at all levels how much do we trust the place that we're being taken into and you know if you've given birth you know you go into an incredibly altered state and mm -hmm. it is so otherworldly and unlike anything you've ever experienced um that you you need a certain kind of stability in yourself to be mm. able to go through that without completely losing your shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I think oh, the same oh. is true of menstruation. Yeah, or only even like briefly losing your shit. I mean, yeah, like, briefly losing your shit. It requires like yeah. that moment of losing your shit, that moment of absolutely I'm not going to die. I think I'm going to die. Yeah. Get over that. I'm definitely like, oh, going to die. I'm going to die. You are so right. You are. <laughs> That's like a rite of passage in birth. It is. You get it is. Moment of, Am it I going to die? No, I'm dying for sure. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is it. I've definitely gone too far. But like, can I like surrender to that? Yeah. Like, what will happen mm. if I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not a, it's not a, this is not an intellectual thing. It's this deep embodied knowing that you accumulate over time. And as you so beautifully said, Lindsay, it's accumulated through all your body awareness and yeah. it's accumulated through cycle awareness. And yes, indeed, how would people's 
experience of menstruation be different if they had this intrinsic trust in mm -hmm. places they were going to inside themselves mm -hmm. yeah yeah now I'm, I'm just now sitting here and stewing over a lot of different things now <laughs> Like this will be the rest of your day. I'm going to go home. And, yeah, tonight is going to be there's going to be some big meditation happening tonight. <laughs> big, big journaling, big time big, journals. Big time journaling. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I think that we are running out of time. Um, I again, I would just love to keep talking about everything and anything. You both have just such a wealth of wisdom, and mm. hearing you both talk, it's. Yeah, it's very therapeutic in a lot of ways. Um, mm. But before we go, um, I know that you both, you're, you're offering a lot of, uh, I think, a mentorship or wild power immersion course currently. Mm, that's Do you tell right. our listeners a little bit about that? Uh, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so, well, our, our sort of main program at Red School is our menstruality leadership program, which is a yearly, and that's for people who are really wanting to go, you know, have a deep dive with this work and are wanting to <laughs> weave it into whatever they're currently offering or doing in the world. Mm. Um, and then at the moment, we've got our wild power immersion, which is a really good way into um, to really uh, playing with, you know, some of the ideas in the book, you might take them in intellectually, but this immersion is really taking people through a process of um, experiencing and 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 noticing the the truth of their experience in their cycle and uh, sort of awakening to the power of their cycle. Mm. So that's over six weeks, and it's a live online program. So I don't know when this episode is coming out, but the eighteenth of February, February. Is when that starts and bookings are open until the 25th of February. Yeah. So you can find out about that at wildpower.online. Perfect. How frequently do you run that program? Uh, we run it every year around about this time. So awesome. we run it every February. Yeah. And then in um, September, October, we run a live menopause mm. online course, which is six mm -hmm. weeks. Mm. That's, that happens around sort of September, October every year. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. and, our, and our general website is redschool.net. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you oh, so, so, so you. much for doing this. I, yeah. I thank am you so grateful and honored to have had this conversation with you both. And mm. I'll be dreaming, dreaming about it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. This was awesome. <laughs> It's been a lovely conversation and it's so beautiful to hear how this work is speaking to you in your life and the way you're bringing it through in your work and full strength to the momgasm empire. I'm, I'm so exactly. So I'm really that. liking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> powered by the menstrual cycle. I was going to say, powered by the menstrual cycle. <laughs> hey, that red school, red school is Wholly powered by the menstrual <laughs> cycle, <laughs> you know, it's amazing, amazing. Oh, thank you so, so thank much. You very much. Again. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Are you ready for an epic night of living out your wildest teen slumber party fantasies all grown up? Because we're excited to deliver. Momgasm is hosting a mother-loving sleepover. That's right. 
Friday, April 3rd, 2020, we've rented out a beautiful mansion here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, fit for all your queendom, honey. And we want you to enjoy it with us. We're providing the space, the food, and some classic slumber party fun. Think tarot, facials, not the sexual kind, games, girl chat, and more. All you need is your fine self. This is a chance to let loose, get together with some badass like-minded babes, fill up your cup, and have a magical fucking night. Cause damn, do we ever deserve this? And sometimes it feels like it's impossible to make things like this happen for ourselves. Oh, and did I mention, we also have hired a private chef to cater brunch. Oh yeah, baby. Space is super fucking limited, so if you're pussy and harder screaming, yes, God, then click the link in our description. If you're loving what we're dishing out and want a little bit more of what we've got to offer, you can get a little bit more on Patreon. We are dishing out all the goods. We've got snail mail, bloopers, unreleased content, and it's all there on Patreon for a monthly subscription. It can be as little as $3 to 50 bucks, whatever you desire. And it's your tool to get closer to us. And if you haven't already heard, which I'm sure you have, we also have our free Facebook community, The Momgasm Den. You can check out the link in our description. This is the place where we are connecting with you, our viewers, to get into more deep and juicy conversations outside of our episodes. And as always, remember to follow, like, share, comment, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Mwah.